We have made it to October of this absolutely insane year, and now the question is, will Dwayne Haskins make it to November as the starting quarterback of your Washington football team? Welcome to another episode of District Divided. I am your host, Amit Singh. If you like the podcast, please follow it on Twitter and Instagram at District Divided. And Facebook, we have a page and group, both called District Divided. Please like and join those respectively. On this week's episode, we're going to be recapping the football team versus Browns game. We're going to be going through the State of the Union, your DC Sports wraparound coverage, and then we are going to conclude with a preview of the game against the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. But let's begin with their AFC North counterparts, the Cleveland Browns. Last Sunday, we went over to Cleveland and lost 34-20. to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were the influencers of this game. Nick Chubb finished with 19 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 16 carries for 46 yards and one receiving touchdown. So combined, they accounted for three of Cleveland's four touchdowns on the day. We lost Matt Ioannidis and Chase Young during the game. Two monster defensive linemen for us. Chase Young immediately having that impact for us as a stout defensive lineman who can get to the quarterback. Losing him is big. But losing Matt Ioannidis, arguably bigger. He's lost for the season. He consistently commands double teams from the opposing offensive line, which frees up the likes of Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Matt Ioannidis, the unsung hero of that Washington football team defensive line, out for the season. Chase Young, he's week to week, and he's going to miss the Ravens game. And again, we're going to get to that preview later on in this episode. Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, was cautious but efficient. 16-23 of for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Didn't really look to push the ball downfield that much, but he did what he needed to do for his team, which was no turnovers, throwing those two touchdowns, and he was only sacked twice on the day. Dwayne Haskins, on the other hand, not very good. 21-37 of for 224 yards, two touchdowns, and three brutal interceptions, as well as a lost fumble. Those four turnovers from him resulted in 24 Cleveland points, and he lost this game for us. And let's quickly get into the game. Early on, we actually played pretty well, especially on the defensive side of things. They held Cleveland to zero points on their first two drives, and we talked about stopping Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Well, Nick Chubb had four carries for only six yards in the first quarter. They did that perfectly early on. It gave the offense time to settle into the game and we even went up 7-0 on a Dwayne Haskins touchdown to John Trell Inman. So, up 7-0, we're shutting Cleveland down. Things are looking good early on. Cleveland would kick a field goal on the ensuing possession, and we're up 3 with or we're up 7-3 with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. We're putting together a nice drive with 45 yards from Terry McLaurin on two different receptions. Terry McLaurin again very very good, four catches for 83 yards. It's 1st and 10 on the Cleveland 26-yard line. Again, up 7-3, 10 minutes left, second quarter. And a comedy of errors begins. There's a holding after an Isaiah Wright 6-yard gain. So from 1st and 10, we go to 1st and 20. On Isaiah Wright, by the way, he played very well. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him as the season progresses. So now it's 1st and 20. 
We lose five yards on a swing pass to Antonio Gibson, and on second and 25, Haskins has an inaccurate throw downfield to tight end Logan Thomas, and it's intercepted and returned all the way to our 28-yard line. Nick Chubb would then finish that short drive to put Cleveland up 10-7. We go three and out, and then so do Cleveland. Haskins on a third and seven from our own 19-yard line throws another interception. Cleveland then scored this time with Kareem Hunt on a toss from Mayfield to put them up 17-7 at the half. Now going into the second half, the first two drives of the second half for each team. Cleveland actually went three and out twice, so well done defense. And we score two touchdowns. Antonio Gibson has a two-yard touchdown run. We missed the extra points, so we're trailing 17-13. to And then that man again, Dontrell Inman, an 11-yard touchdown reception on third and goal from Dwayne Haskins. And it was a terrific throw by Dwayne Haskins here to put us up 20-17. to So all of a sudden, even though we feel a bit out of the game, we start to have some life and we're even leading. Cleveland respond with a fabulous 75-yard touchdown drive to go up 24-20. to Baker Mayfield with a three-yard touchdown pass to rookie tight end Harrison Bryant. And then on the ensuing possession, Haskin throws another interception. Third and 15 from our own 20 on a pass intended for Dontrell Inman. Just, you can't... The level of inaccuracy on this throw and on the throw to Logan Thomas earlier, just not good. It's not NFL level. And Nick Chubb again would punish us. He would run in another touchdown on the ensuing possession to make it 31-20. to Finally, Haskins gets sacked and stripped by Miles Garrett, who also recovers the fumble, which results in a field goal. And that's how we arrive at your final score of 34-20. to And the thing about it is, Dwayne Haskins had run support. Antonio Gibson, 9 carries for 49 yards and a touchdown, though he lost a fumble as well. J.D. McKissick, 5 carries for 15 yards as well as 3 catches for 37 yards. And Antonio Gandy-Golden... A 22-yard rush on our first touchdown drive. Nice to see that rookie have a nice play there. This isn't good enough, though, when we talk about Dwayne Haskins. He lost this game for us. Again, his four turnovers resulted in 24 Cleveland points. Cleveland didn't really go out and win this game. Dwayne Haskins sort of gave it to him because the throws were inaccurate. They were not good enough. He is dead last in QBR right now with a 28.4. Sam Darnold has a higher QBR than him. And the Jets are a joke. They play tonight, by the way. Adam Gase could get fired if they lose that game to Brett Rippon. Mark Rippon, Super Bowl quarterback for the Washington Redskins, then Washington Redskins. It's his nephew starting for the Denver Broncos tonight against the New York Jets. Going back to the Washington football team, if we don't win that Philly game week one, which was won by the defense, by the way, We are having a very different conversation around Dwayne Haskins right now. And this is a bad conversation already. Ron Rivera after the game. Quote, there were a lot of guys that put their heart out on the field and truthfully, they deserve better. He said, when you look at the way Deron played, Deron Payne, and John Allen played, and Montez Sweat played, guys like that, that are leaving it on the field, John Bostic, guys played hard. Then you turn it around to the offensive side and you look at those guys on the offensive line who were battling and fighting too. And the things that the backs did and the receivers and the tight ends, I mean, you have to say at some point there is, and I'll cross that bridge when I get there. There are guys in the locker room that are playing well enough for us to win. And again, we have to make sure everybody is playing well enough for us to win at that point. And there is a cutoff point for me. There is the cutoff point in reference to Dwayne Haskins being pulled as the starting quarterback 
of the Washington football team. He named literally everyone on the team except for Dwayne. This was the game for Haskins to show us what he's capable of, and he fell way short of where he needed to be. You don't win games turning the ball over four times, five times as a team. But as the quarterback, you don't win games turning the ball over four times, especially when the opposing team never turned it over. Cleveland played a clean game. It wasn't a great game, but they played, excuse me, a clean game. Cleveland's four scoring drives when Haskin turned it over. Here's the length of each one. 28 yards, touchdown. 24 yards, touchdown. 35 yards, touchdown. 29 yards, field goal. I mean, you give anyone that short field, you're going to lose the game. Dwayne Haskins absolutely has to turn it around, and he's got a monumental task ahead of him in the Baltimore Ravens. That is a brutal, brutal assignment to come off of playing the Cleveland Browns. When we look at it, Cleveland, Arizona, Philadelphia, they all had suspect defenses. Philadelphia probably had the best one in terms of their defensive line. But this is, against these three teams, to still have the lowest QBR in the NFL right now, not good enough. And remember, folks, we did trade for Kyle Allen. Fifth round pick for Kyle Allen this offseason. Scott Turner likes him, clearly, if you're willing to trade that pick. And Ron Rivera likes him, clearly, if you're willing to trade that pick. This is a space to watch if Dwayne Haskins does not get any better. Ron Rivera also talked about him not being a rookie anymore and wanting to see more positives, wanting to see growth. And if he doesn't see it, well, given the quotes above, he's not opposed to pulling Dwayne Haskins and putting in Kyle Allen or heck. Let's see what happens with Alex Smith. The news is consistently positive around his recovery. We'll see. But Dwayne Haskins really has to turn this around because as of right now, it's not looking good. This game, despite the two touchdowns he threw, the grade, D-, minus, you could give him an F. Wouldn't blame you. Again, four turnovers. I don't care who you are. That doesn't get it done. That's going to conclude the recap of the Cleveland Browns game. And now we get to the State of the Union. We've got a short State of the Union for you this week, so we're going to get through it quickly and then get to that Ravens preview. But beginning with the Washington Capitals, the NHL draft is coming up this Tuesday, October 6th, which is when the first round takes place. Rounds 2 through 7 will take place the next day on Wednesday, October 7th, and that will conclude the NHL draft. The Washington Capitals have the 24th overall pick in the first round, and I'd be curious as to who they take over here. Typically, the first round is made for your, you know, players that are non-goalies. So your centers, your wingers, your defensemen. But I wouldn't be surprised if they took a goalie here. Braden Holtby will be leaving this offseason, so we will need a new starting goalie. And maybe it's not a new starting goalie immediately found through the draft, but someone you can develop over time. The last time a goalie went in the first round was Jake Odinger in 2017, 26th overall. So it's rare, but who knows? Maybe they will go goalie in the first round, but I expect them to go goalie at some point in the draft. On to soccer, we have DC United. They, guess what they did? Lost to the New England Revolution 2-0. Another shutout for Ben Olsen's men. What more to say? Ben Olsen... It's just not working, right? So it seems like we're at this point where it's going to be a countdown. Now, 
he's starting to use younger players like Griffin Yao and Kevin Paredes, and they actually look pretty good. So it's nice to see the youth movement come into play, but the reality of the situation is we've had some injuries, and but more importantly, we have not replaced the creativity of Luciano Acosta and Wayne Rooney. It's clearly been a devastating blow to the team. Nothing to be done there. But Ben Olsen's got to find a way to galvanize his troops because they have two games coming up this week. Saturday 7 p.m. against Atlanta United and Tuesday 7 p.m. against New York City FC. And in a recent press conference, he said, hey, the goal is still to make the playoffs like it's always been. And we want to make it. We plan on making it. Well, they better hurry it up because they are in last place. Once again, that is 11 points. 11 points on the season that is not good enough for dc united and that is through 14 games can't have that now on to the washington spirit they have a game this saturday october 3rd at 12 30 p.m against sky blue fc it's the same team that knocked us out of the nwsl cup and we also lost to them on september 5th by a score of two to one so it's very much a revenge game here once again, we are missing a number of players. Ashley Hatch is probably still questionable. Tegan McGrady might be missing. Andy Sullivan certainly is missing. She's still recovering from the meniscus. So there are a lot of injuries for the Washington Spirit, but tied their last game. Let's see if they can kick on and get a win from here. And that's going to wrap it up for your State of the Union. Not a whole lot of news on the Washington Wizards end or Washington Nationals end. Nationals, of course, ended their season last week. And so now we get into the preview with the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens come to FedEx Field this Sunday at 1 p.m. And they open up as 13 and a half point favorites. They come with a 2-1 record on the year. And most recently, they got absolutely humiliated on Monday night on national TV against the Kansas City Chiefs at home by a score of 34 to 20, the same score we lost to the Cleveland Browns by. But it was the way in which it happened. Seven of those 20 points came from a kickoff return touchdown by Devin DuVernay, rookie out of Texas, for the Baltimore Ravens. So it just felt like a blowout all the way through. Patrick Mahomes was unstoppable on the night. He was doing whatever he wanted. He threw a touchdown to a fullback. He threw a touchdown to a left tackle. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are unstoppable right now. And the Baltimore Ravens, they're going to take it out on their next opponent. That happens to be us. So I expect them to obliterate this 13.5 point spread. And I expect them to destroy us totally. There may not even be any smiles on that sideline if they're up 30. It's going to be bad. This is the first incredibly difficult team this Washington football team has to face. And if Dwayne Haskins does not get his act together, and again, this is the best defense he's going to face. If he does not get his act together, this could be big, big trouble for the Washington football team. Now, how to beat the Ravens? Because you can. The Kansas City Chiefs proved it. You could beat the Ravens. Here's how you do it. Number one, have the best quarterback in the NFL or at the very least in the top three or four. We don't have that. The Baltimore Ravens, Lamar J Jackson specifically, 21-1 in the regular season when he's not playing a guy named Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Otherwise, he's 0-3. 21-1 against the rest of the NFL. 
That is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Number two, have an elite offensive line. Well, we don't have that either. Brandon Scherf's on IR, and we've got a highly suspect offensive line against a very good Ravens pass rush. Now, they didn't get to Mahomes, but that's because Andy Reid is a genius and Patrick Mahomes is learning to read defenses. How frightening is that to say? He is learning to read defenses right now. Nothing we can do about that. We do not have that elite offensive line. Heck, they have offensive linemen on the Kansas City Chiefs that catch touchdowns now. Eric Fisher caught a three-yard touchdown on Monday night. We don't have that. That's not a requirement, by the way, but just goes to show how much better the Kansas City Chiefs are. Number three, be able to put up so many points that they have to abandon their running style of play. I don't think we could do that. Once again, Dwayne Haskins is dead last in QBR. That's going to make it incredibly difficult to put up so many points that the Baltimore Ravens have to abandon their running style of play because that's how they grind teams out. Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. It's a three-headed monster. They're all very talented. And oh, by the way, the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, he's pretty good too. He is pretty good too. Need I remind you all, they set the NFL record for rushing yards in a season last season. You somehow put up so many points that they have to abandon that, you can get it done. You somehow shut that down, you can get it done. But the Chiefs didn't even shut it down. They just went up by so much that the Ravens shut it down themselves trying to chase the game. And the sooner they figure out their way of coming back into the games is through just running, keep running, even if you're down two touchdowns, doesn't matter. They're going to become even better than they are already. Step four, pray. We got to pray a lot. Any little karma we have stored up, if you want to win this game, cash it in. And then step five, pray some more. There is simply no way this Washington football team can get it done. Now, the defense could slow down the Baltimore Ravens. They could. Again, in that first quarter against the Cleveland Browns, they shut down Nick Chubb. My only fear here is that you have to shut down two players on every single play because they sort of run that read play, right? Where Lamar Jackson hands it to the back, but he can always pull it. So you have to stop Lamar Jackson as well as whatever running back they're handing it off to. And other times he pulls it back and it's a quick slant to Hollywood Brown who can house it at any moment. Or Mark Andrews, big body down the middle of the field. It's going to be difficult. And I really just don't see how this is going to happen. Dwayne Haskins is going to have to play the game of his life. Anything less than that, it's a loss for sure. And anything less than that, it could even be a blowout. There's a high chance of a blowout. Fun fact, I think we're going to see RG3 on Sunday. I'm calling it a fun fact because it feels like an absolute certainty to me. And he may even account for a touchdown. I'm sorry I'm so gloomy on this game. But I don't see how we're going to do this. Again, the Baltimore Ravens defense is elite. They just got exposed by the best quarterback, arguably in NFL history already. Patrick Mahomes, everyone already knows he's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's nothing that defenses can do about that at this moment in time. It doesn't mean the Ravens are bad. They are still really, really good on defense. That's a problem for the Washington football team. And they are very, very good offensively when they're able to control games. And they will be able to control this game. 
A lot's going to fall. There's no Matt Ioannidis, and I think that's going to be shown this week. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. Anyway, that's going to conclude this week's episode of District Divided. Barkley needs to be let out of his crate now. (laughs) Once again, I am your host, Amit Singh. If you like the podcast, follow it on Twitter and Instagram at District Divided. And again, on Facebook, there is a page and group called District Divided. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy your week. I hope the Jets lose because I have Le'Veon Bell on my fantasy team. I think Adam Gase being gone would be nothing but excellent news for Le'Veon Bell. So that is my own personal hope. And maybe we'll beat the Ravens this Sunday at FedEx Field, 1 o'clock. Polly Polo, please do me a favor and take it away. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me.